You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can also find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports, that's W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. Today we're going to take a look at some pro football focus numbers for the Gators during the Florida Atlantic game. We'll take a look at the top 25 rankings, both AP and Coaches Bowl. And we'll wrap up by looking at opening lines for this weekend's Florida-South Florida game. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts that you never miss an episode. And please do subscribe to Locked On Gators YouTube. We're having fun. Yesterday's episode was a lot of work on the whiteboard. We're going to get more work on the whiteboard probably next week with more plays, breaking them down and seeing how things work out. The NFL season's about to begin and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, so today... Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason LaCanfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast because today's the last day of new content, but you know, you still got some time before you can before you really miss out and you're really outdated. You still got time, but you know, no more new content's coming out. Simple as that. Uh, looking at the pro football focus numbers from Saturday's game, I'm starting off with Emery Jones's passing chart because it's the most notable thing to bring up. First off, 0 for 20 on passes, 0 for 2 on passes, 20 yards downfield. Not 0 for 20, felt like it at some points, but 0 for 2 on passes that were 20 yards downfield or more. 2 for 5 on passes that were 10 for 10 or 19 yards downfield or in between 10 to 19 yards downfield. And both completions were over the middle of the field. And it was two for four over the middle of the field over one on the left did not target the right side downfield seven for 11 between the line of scrimmage and nine yards downfield. And then eight for eight behind the line of scrimmage with six for six in between the hashes uh, Oh, for three to the left side of the field, the entire game. And now that I've thrown all those numbers at you, um, my opinion of it is that he was just way too inaccurate throughout the game, anywhere downfield. I get seven for 11 with less than 10 yards and fast line of scrimmage is like, great. That's still nothing though. Like th- those were some bubbles. Like he was over one on the left side um, between the line of scrimmage and nine yards downfield. And that one was a screen where he under, under through it because I mean it looked more like he thought the receiver was going to keep coming in so it would have hit the receiver in the chest but the receiver did not keep running in he stopped so he had to lean down to catch it yeah it was that's what happened there uh wasn't great but it, it is what it is at that point um so it, it was yeah it was it was pretty um pr- pretty simple offense of course so it, it's hard to judge really because obviously I mean, he was two for seven past 10 yards down the field. So that's completely unacceptable. That that, that needs to be fixed immediately. Um, but again, it, it's hard to fault him a ton because like it, it was, it was simple offense. Like it was six for six between the hashes behind the line of scrimmage. I think that indicate, and that was the area that he targeted more than anywhere else in the field. So I think that's kind of an, an indicator of just how simple this offense was. So it's hard to, 
fault him for a lot of things. It, like we can't be like, oh, he didn't push it down the field enough. It was a lot of screens, a lot of RPO work. So it, it's hard to fault him for not being uh, aggressive enough vertically down the field, which I know a lot of us are looking forward to seeing him do because, as we know, Emery and Anthony both have big arms. Uh, offensively, our top graders were Damian Pierce, not surprising, Anthony Richardson, not surprising, and Rick Wells. Maybe kind of surprising, but you know he scored a touchdown on a little swing, on a little screen, and uh, he he made he made a couple plays out there. So Rick Wells had a very good game. Obviously, his best game as a Gator to this point. Uh, Anthony Richardson, obviously, a lot of his grade came from the rushing attack because throwing the ball just he he just wasn't it. Um, not not trying to like I I realize I keep bringing it up, but I mean our passing attack just wasn't accurate. So obviously those are running the ball obviously he had huge gains the 73 yarder and then he had you know hurdling people and all that stuff i don't care if it was a tired defense it was a fantastic play uh defensively our top graders were zachary carter who had a 90.2 uh princely had an 84.5 and javon dexter had a 74.2 not surprising <laughs> at all that our top three graders were defensive linemen and i mean just if you watch the game, you see that our defensive line, no matter who was on the field, was just absolutely dominant throughout the entire thing. It it, it wasn't really um, a contest in the trenches for us defensively. It was just a demolish, demolish, demolish. Zachary Carter was a one-man wrecking crew throughout the entire game or throughout the entire game that he played in. He was just completely dominant. I had a real coming out party in the first week. And uh, I mean, I, I know I love to see it. I, I think that was fantastic. Um, and it, yeah, it's not surprising. Our next three uh, best graders defensively also defensive linemen or, or pass rushers, whatever. Um, so that, that's where we're at with that. Where obviously our defensive line just cooked the entire night. Uh, the best non defensive lineman grade was to Trey Dean, which was yay. Obviously love the safeties play. So, I mean, that, that was, how our PFF grades worked out pass blocking wise, uh, looking at analytics um, on 27 Emory Jones dropbacks. There was only pressure on three of the dropbacks and there was only one pass attempt on those three dropbacks and it was an incompletion. So, I mean, one of the things really where we're looking at is like this, this offensive line. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy with how they played. Uh, again, three pressures on 27 dropbacks is a very good clip to have as an offensive line unit. Um, so I, I'm very happy with how that worked out, this offensive line. I, I don't know how they'll do throughout the remainder of the season, uh, especially because next week we've got Bama. Um, but to this point, the offensive line worked to this point, one game. Um, the offensive line severely outplayed or significantly outplayed their initial expectations from my point, at least. Again, it was always a prepare for the worst, hope for the best kind of thing. And this weekend, they, they balled out. The offensive line played very well. Pass blocking, they were pretty dang good. They kept the pocket clean for the most part. And it, it, it was exciting to see because, again, like the Gators, we haven't been known for having a strong offensive line over the past really like decade or so. It, it just hasn't been a strong point for us. So I'm glad that we got there. Week one is over, and I hope you all made some money. I know I didn't. Like, I I lost money, to be completely honest. I stupidly bet on Florida covering, teams hitting the overs, and Florida hitting the team over. But I won with longest touchdown scored over 54 and a half, and I'm, I'm happy with that. I also won on team scoring three consecutive times, which Florida did. Thank you very much. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and receive a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports with experts make sure to use promo code locked on that is l-o-c-k-e-d no space o-n for your 100 welcome bonus on your first deposit which again that's just during football season so pick it up do you know that 85 percent of the people who play daily fantasy sports lose um, it's not surprising if you've ever played it i know i have and i suck at it the game is rigged against you you're playing against thousands of other lineups not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. Like some of these people are insane. You really genuinely don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sportsbook that puts the player in control and winning within reach. I know personally, I've played daily fantasy sports for a while now and I've won money back in uh, 10%. I'm not going to say 10 to 20. It's 10% if I'm lucky. Um, so go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free. And right now you can get three times back on your first play. That is stathero.com slash locked on, L O C K E D O N, to sign up for free and get three times back on your first play. Like, go make some money. You're just being dumb if you don't, honestly. Now taking a look at the top 25 rankings that have literally just come out at the time that I'm recording this. Uh, Florida is ranked number nine in the coaches poll for week two, uh, up two spots from being number 11. Florida is number 13 again in the Associated Press poll, which is, it is what it is. Obviously, we were 13 last week. We're staying 13. And I'm, honestly, like I'm, I'm just going to be very blunt with you guys. I'm glad we walked away with that. Like I, I'm glad that we're number nine in the coaches poll. But I'm also glad that we're number 13 in the AP poll because I, I kind of expected that we'd fall down a little bit. Uh, this team is obviously, or at least to me, this team is obviously better than those rankings. Like, And I realize that sounds kind of weird because I've kind of been pessimistic on how Saturday's game went. But this team has more talent than we showed on Saturday. So that's why I say, yes, we are better than the rankings. Um but it, it was a rough week one, at least offensively, and Florida Atlantic was closer than they should have been, one, and we played them worse than we should have. So I'm, I'm glad we didn't fall anywhere down the rankings, especially because in college football, you can get murdered if you fall down the rankings just because it is so hard to climb back up because there are not only so many good teams, but so many teams that frankly don't have incredibly difficult schedules and so they can keep climbing up and as long as you don't lose it's hard to fall down the rankings which we saw with florida climbing the rankings after a a, a rough week one um granted our defense was pretty pretty dang good our run game was pretty explosive which thank god for that because i mean this was i believe this was the most rushing yards florida's had in the week one game it, it was a beautiful thing uh I'm honestly encouraged that the coaches poll saw us climb because I feel like that's more of an indicator that, um, how do I phrase this? <laughs> that that the coaches recognize that this is a good defense and a good run game. And if we can get this passing game on track, we're going to be a problem. Like if, if the passing game of the Florida Gators gets on track, then these Gators are going to be a problem for all of college football, not just the SEC, not just the top 25, all of college football. So 
I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. We've got Bama next week, so we've got to get the passing game going against South Florida. Um, assuming <laughs> that we win this week, uh, we'll likely jump in the polls because Iowa and Iowa State play, and both of those teams are currently ranked above Florida. Uh, so obviously the loser of that will probably fall a few spots. If Florida wins, we should climb at least one, assuming that the loser of Iowa, Iowa State falls below us. And um, I, I don't want to write anything off, but we've got a decent shot at jumping Oregon because Oregon is playing this week against Ohio State. And if Ohio State can clean up their miscues, because they still put up a ton of points, so if they can clear up their miscues, they can maybe beat Oregon. It also depends on if Kayvon Thibodeau can play at all, which I, I don't know if that's going to happen given that he was in a walking boot the other day. But college, of course, is the hardest spot to get injury reports or accurate injury reports because they don't have to necessarily uh, peel back the curtain for us. So who knows? But if if Ohio State beats Oregon like they're expected to, um, and Iowa, Iowa State, loser that we should jump. Florida should jump two spots, hopefully, and hopefully we have a dominant performance. And I feel like there's usually a top ten upset somewhere in the rankings. Um, Florida could find themselves being a top ten team in both the coaches poll and the Associated Press poll by the time this by this time next week, really. And whoo, what a wonderful day it'll be when Florida's back in the top twenty five. Because again, like I'm glad we didn't fall. I feel like honestly, we we probably should have because. Yeah, we, we won our game, but at the same time, it's Florida played poorly. Like, Florida didn't play like a top 13 team. Uh, and I think that's a big problem, and I think that's a big issue with the top 25, where, like, as long as you win, you're fine in most cases, where I was saying this about Clemson in 2019 when they were underperforming, and it's like, well, they should be falling, even though they're winning games, they're not playing as well as they should have, they're not dominating teams like they should that's kind of where I'm at with Florida after week one. I get it. It, it. It's not me overreacting and be like, take us at the top 25. We suck. No, it's me saying we didn't play like a top 13 team. So I don't believe that we should be ranked number 13. I think that falling down would have been justified. Talent, again, preseason polls is all based on what talent you've got out there and projection wise. Now it's how did you perform? I don't think Florida played like a top 13 team. So I'm, I'm glad that they're still up there because again, falling down the rankings, it's hard. It's hard to climb up those rankings. No doubt about it. So I'm glad that Florida got the uh, benefit of the doubt following week one. And I'm glad that we're at least in good position to continue climbing and maybe be a top 10 team after this week. If we play like we should play, if our passing attack gets on track, please do. I don't know about you guys, but football season is here, and now I'm constantly looking at people that are chiseled freaks, like DK Metcalf-looking dudes, and I'm like, great, my physique is is just horrible. So I'm committing to making my snack, Built Bar, um, because I tend to eat sugary snacks, and I, I, I shouldn't do that. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. If you've got to eat clean or if you want to eat clean, but you have a sweet tooth like I do, that's no longer a problem for you. Built Bar is your low-calorie low sugar, high protein, and high fiber solution. You can even enjoy Built Bar if you're keto. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is a LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Wrapping up today's show, we're going to look at some opening bet online odds for Florida versus South Florida. Again, these are these are 
obviously preliminary. There are opening odds. Things could change. But at this point in time, at the time of recording this, Florida opens the game as 28-point favorites, which um, I have not decided yet if I'm going to take. I know that I'm usually like, oh, well, I'm going to take them. Um, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to take those odds because I believe I had us uh, at 28, I believe it was, that I had, and we did not cover. Um, so not thrilled about that one. Uh, so, yes, I had us as 28 favorites, uh, 28 point favorites last week. We didn't cover. And I'm not super confident this week that we could do the same thing because, uh, I mean, I'm going to talk about this tomorrow because tomorrow we're looking at predictions. I think we're going to throw the ball a lot this week to try to get our passing game on track. And that's why I don't want to put us as 28-point favorites because if we can't clean it up and if we can't get it going, we're not going to score 28 points. We're not going to outscore them by 28 points. Sorry. Um, so that's a, a preview into my predictions for tomorrow. I'll explain more later. Um yeah, I'll, I'll explain more in tomorrow's episode why that's a prediction of mine. But yeah, so that's why I'm not sure if we'll be 28 point favorites. The mind, I I didn't think that I would share this, but I was like, I I need to uh to at least address this for people that aren't into gambling. Um, the money line for Florida versus South Florida, Florida is if so okay, money line is just outright winning the game. So if you want to bet on Florida to outright win the game, the odds are currently minus 5,000, which if you're not into gambling or if you're just not great at math, um, minus 5,000 means that in order to win $1 off of this Florida game, you need to bet 50 on Florida winning. So the risk reward is not really there. I'm not going to touch that at all. Like that, that would just be dumb to bet on because yeah, no, no shot bucko. That's not going to be me. Um, the over-under is currently 58, which I don't know if I'm going to take either, to be quite honest with you, because, uh, one, South Florida just got blanked 45 nothing by North Carolina State. I think our defense is better than North Carolina State, so I'm not sure if uh, if South Florida could score against the Gators. That, that's one thing. Um, next... I don't know if the Gators can put up 58 points, uh, especially because, like I mentioned, with the 28-point favorite spot, I don't... Honestly, I'm kind of talking myself into that, though, by saying how awful their offense was last week and how I think our defense is better than the defense they played last week. Um, so I'm kind of talking myself into the 28-point favorite ones, honestly. I don't... Like, like I said, like, I'm not saying I'm not going to take it. I'm not saying I'm going to take it, but I'm... I'm actually now leaning towards taking it. I'm I'm kind of talking myself into putting some money on this. I okay. I'm putting money on the game. It's just a matter of if I put the 28 point favorites or if I go plus 28 South Florida. So which just means they have to lose by less than 28. Um so the over-under is 58. That's a lot of points to expect just the Gators to put up. Um, because again, I, I, I don't know if South Florida will score at all. So I don't know if they'll contribute to that at all. Um this might be a game I picked the under, which I didn't think I would do given my expectations for this Florida offense, but it, may, it might be the move for me. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, so yeah, it's 28 point favorites is pretty favorable for college. I mean, we've, we've had 40 point favorites last week. Toledo was a 40 point favorite against Norfolk state. There's a reason I'm bringing that one up right there. That's, that's why I'm, that's why I know that line off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, Toledo is a 40 point favorite. So Florida being 28 point favorite, not not insane. Uh, money line minus five thousand wouldn't touch that. With even if I had a thousand dollars to just like 
you know, like it wasn't coming from my pocket, I still wouldn't touch that because that's just not good bang for your buck. Uh, but the over under at 58, I, I haven't decided yet with either taking the points or taking the over under because or what I'm going to take for the points or over under because I will be betting on them. But I'm not sure because, uh, again, tomorrow I'll explain why I think we're going to throw the ball a lot. Uh, I trust our defense. It's a matter of can we put up the, that many points. So really, that's that's my issue. Uh, but that about does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. Join me tomorrow as we'll start making some predictions for this weekend's game, including the one that I've already said that I think we're going to throw the ball a lot this week. Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole9Sports.com. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. Be sure to subscribe to Locked On Gators on YouTube and follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out Locked On Fantasy Football. Last time I'm doing this, hosted by Vinny Iyer, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I've got one more fantasy draft tonight, and I I need the help because this one's decent money league um so so i need the help to win this one betting on the gators doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling get daily picks blowout specials wrong team favorite picks and lee sterling is a lock of the day follow the locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you listen to podcasts